Okay, we'll be learning in the Derech Hashem in the handouts on page 130. Page 130. We're going to be talking about Kriyashma and Shmon Esrei. And this year is sponsored in memory of Sheila Katz, Shifra Matzel by her husband Stanley Nishama should have an aliyah. So page 130 in the Derech Hashem. The title of the parak is Bikri Hashma Ubirchoseha. Regarding the saying of the Shema and its brachos. Aleph. Shteyavodos Hutlu Alenu. There are two types of avoda service of Hashem that are upon us. To serve Hashem Yisporach each and every day. The saying of Shema and Shmon Esrei. So those are daily avodas. Shema and Shmon Esrei. And when we had the Beis HaMikdash, our daily avoda was the Korban Tamid that was brought each day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. And on special Yom Tovim, we brought the Korban Musaf. Now we will explain these two topics, Shema and Shmona Esrei. We'll be beginning with the, the Shema. The first is the saying of the Shema, and the nature of Shema is twofold. Yichud Yisbarach, Hashem's oneness, His absolute oneness, Yichud Hashem, like we say Hashem Echad, the Kabolas O Malchuso, and accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven, our responsibilities to Shemaim. Now, very important here at the very beginning that the Ramchal is letting us know that in the proclamation, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, when we say those words, we are proclaiming Hashem as absolute oneness, but at the same time we are accepting upon ourselves Olmachu Shemai, literally in English, the yoke of heaven, our, our guidance, our achrayas toward Hashem. And it's very important to make note of that, and we'll see this as we proceed through these parakim, because we don't say anything like that when we say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, Boruch Shem Kavod Machus Bilam Boed. We're not saying, Harei Ani Mekabel Al Atzmi, I accept upon myself, O Machus Shemayim. We don't say anything like that. It's a proclamation. So this Yisod that the Ramchal is teaching us here is that in this proclamation of Kriyashma there are two dimensions. One is Hashem's absolute oneness and the other is our acceptance of Ol Malchus And we will explore that. Now the Ramchal, as we know, as we have learned already for Hashem many, many times in the Sefer, his derech, his mahalach, is when he presents a concept, he 
he makes a binyan, a structure, and he puts down a layer and then another layer and another layer, layer. And as you build the concept, the ideas start to emerge from that binyan, from that structure. So he's going to begin from the yesod, from the foundation of Kriyashma, and build his way up. That's his mahala. Viha inyan. And the matter is as follows. Ki habori yisporach shema. Hashem yisporach himtsi biritsono. He brought into existence, that's himtsi. That's a he-fill form to cause. Hashem brought into existence in his will, as an act of will, nimtsa'im shonim, different beings, different existences, elyonim v'taftonim, there are higher realms and there are lower realms. Ruchni'im v'gashmim, spiritual creation and physical creation. So spiritual reality is just as real as physical reality. We can't see it, we can't touch it, but it's just as real. And the malachim and the kochos that inhabit higher olamos, they're just as real as we are. And the gashmi'im is physical reality, the, the place where we reside, olam hazeh. V'sidram b'sidorim shonim. And Hashem was misader everything. He arranged everything in specific ways. And Hashem placed it within the nature or the working principles of each and every thing in creation to perform certain functions, and to do things to go about their going is about and their various cycles and in many ways according to how Hashem distributed in His wisdom to each and everyone pilga is to distribute Va'amna, moreover, he nehu yisporach shemo hashoresh vahasiba lukulam. Hashem yisporach is the true, the true cause, the true source behind all of these things. So the sun rises, the sun sets, and gravity works, and the world turns, and the universe functions, and everything is doing its particular role. But behind all of that, moving all of that, of course, is Hashem. And this can be understood in two ways. One dimension of this is mitsius, that means existence. The second is paula, which means function. So Hashem is behind everything in existence and behind everything also in function, as he, he's going to explain that. So firstly, in terms of existence, being, that which we have said earlier in the first section of the book, and over there in the first parak of this Sefer, the Ramchal mentions what he calls Sheish Yidios Shorashios, six tenets, six foundations of the Jewish belief, one of them is, 
Eich kol hamitziuyos kulam teluyim bo yisborach. How all of reality is dependent upon Hashem. V'nim shachi meritzono, and it comes forth as a product of Hashem's will. So everything which is, which has being, which exists, it's totally on Hashem. It only exists because it has an association with Hashem's Ratzon that allows that to be. Which is not the case with Hashem's existence, His own Mitzius. Shehu Mitzius Muchrach Mitzad Atzmo. Hashem's existence is intrinsically absolute. Meaning, he's not dependent on any other thing. So if we look around us, right, the smallest thing to the greatest thing, the universe, physical reality, spiritual reality, it's all totally on Hashem. All the great malachim that we talk about, Michael, Gavriel, Rafa'o, they couldn't budge if it were not for Hashem giving them power to exist. And the smallest ant. However, when it comes to Hashem himself, nothing is making God exist. He's not reliant on anything. He's not drawing life from anybody. It's all from within himself. Encompassed in Hashem's shlemus, in his perfection, is being. That he simply is in and of himself, and nothing is making him be. That's one of the Sheshidio Shoroshios that the Ramchal mentions at the beginning of the Sefer that he reiterates here because it's going to be applicable to what we're learning. And that's how God is different, one of the ways, of course, in which Hashem is different than anything else in the world. We're all dependent. He's completely in and of himself existence. And the Ramchal's language for that is Mukrach mitzad atzmot. He is intrinsically an absolute Existence not reliant, built in so. So when a little child asks, as all children do at some point, and we often do so as adults, so who made God? Who brought God here? Nobody. Hashem is. He simply is in and of Himself. Well, how does that mean? Nobody else is like that. That's right. Nobody else is like that. Hashem is unique. Ah, however. All other things that exist only exist in that Hashem wills them to exist and sustains them through His will. So that's in terms of mitzius. Hashem is absolute in existence. All existence goes back to Him. So that's Echad B'Mitziyus. He's one. He's the only truly one existence. Everything has to be associated back in that direction. That's Mitziyus. Now there's another one. The second one is B'Bechinas HaPa'ula. That Hashem is absolute and one when it comes to function. Who? Even though that it was given over within the nature of all things, of all created things, 
lishlot bi'inyanin, that everything rules over, over something. It has its domain. It has its authority. Masha yecholtam makefes, that which their own abilities encompass. So every single thing has its range of function and operation, what it can do. Upoalim pa'ulos gedolos, and they do great things. Kol echad kafi masha b'chok so everything within the nature of its own natural existence that God gave it. Hine be'emes, but in truth, ein bohem koach v'lo shlita. Nothing has power and nothing has any sense of authority except that which was given over to them by Hashem. So now we're not talking about the fact that things exist. That was the first premise. Now we're talking about that things function. So going back to the sun, right? the sun which does so many things to benefit our own life every single second of the day, it has a range of operation, that's its pa'ula, what it does, what it does for the world, for people, that's its pa'ula. But of course you have to trace that back to Hashem, that's assigned by God, it comes from God, and the moon and the stars and everything else. Yisbar Now we're on the top of 131. Shahu ha'amiti, because Hashem is the true master. Hashalit v'kol yachol, who has absolute rule and absolute ability, omnipotent. He's the only being like that as well. V'chol ma'ashehem po'alim. And any function which any being does, eno ela ma'ashehu yisparach shemo, is only because Hashem nosan v'nosein lohem ko'ach she'yifalu. He gave them the ability and the power to do that and continues to give them. If Hashem didn't continue to allow the sun to do what it does, it would stop doing it. So it's every single moment. And Hashem is the master over all of this lahosif. He can add on to the pu'ula. V'ligroa, he can take away from it. Kirit sano, according to his will. V'chol esu, v'chol at every instant and at all times. So the first one is echad b'mitziyus, in existence, all existence goes back to Hashem. The second is Echad Bipa'ula, all function goes back to Hashem and is distributed by the Ribbana Shalom. Notice the use uh, of the, of the, by the Ramchal of the word Adon. And we have to pay attention to the way he refers to our Kaddish Boruch because it's teaching us something. So in this paragraph here, toward the end, on the top of 131, he says, Shahu Ha'adon Ha'amiti. Now that gives us some insight into these words, Adon Olam, Baruch Ado Shem. So that word Adon, mastery, so that implies that Hashem is the master over all function, presides over all function, distributes all function. That's all beneath the word Adon. Adon Ha'amiti, he's the one who's truly the poel behind everything else. So those are the first two premises. Any questions or comments before we move on? Yeah, please, Mrs. Fred. Um, this isn't really directly related, but um, I was thinking how strange it is that Hashem creates Malachim to say Shira 
before him, right? He doesn't need the Shira. Is that a paradigm for us? Most definitely. And everything that Hashem does that we know about, because there's so much that He does that we don't know about, everything He does that we know about is meant to be some type of paradigm and lesson and teaching for us. So if Malachim are singing Shira, because that's how God made them, that's meant to make an impression upon us. That these holy beings that perceive Hashem so clearly, they're full of song for Hashem, so we would like to follow suit and sing our own song for our Kaddish Baruch It's meant to be a lesson. So in addition to the, that being part of the makeup of the universe, that Malachim sings Shira to Hashem, so the world is, if we could hear it, the world is always giving up a song to our Kaddish Baruch We can participate in that in our own Shira to Hashem. Another example, uh, just following on what Mrs. Friend is bringing out, so when Hashem says, Na'asa Adam, in Bereshis, let us make man. So of course all the Mephorshim say, why is he saying let us? He makes man himself, he doesn't need anybody's help. So Rashi brings down the Chazal that Hashem is teaching us a lesson, to consult with people. And not only that, but even to consult with those who may be less wise than we are, because who is as wise as Hashem? Nobody. And yet he consults. Why? Because he had to? No, because he wanted to teach us to, to consult. So that act of creation, the way he made mankind, is meant to be an insight for us when we create. And it's built into the universe because that's how Hashem created man. So all of those things that we see, not only that are directly us, but the way God brought it into the world is a limud for our own relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Yes, Elka, please. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, mm -hmm. I wonder how exactly, but I understand that this world is 5,000 whatever something years old. What was Hashem doing before that? <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing, right? <laughs> right. Now, of course, we don't know, right? Hashem is Hashem. He's perfect in and of Himself. That's what He's doing. He's being Hashem. So unlike us, He doesn't need to keep Himself busy and be productive. He is. Just by definition, He is God. He's Shalom. He's perfect. And that's what He's doing. He's being God. I have no idea what that means, but that's what's happening with Hashem. And at that moment, if we can use that word, that He created time... Now we have an idea of before and after, but so to speak, before we were here, there was no such thing as before and after. He, he made that reality of past, present, and future. So we think about what was he doing before. There was no before. He is Hashem, and he's also Hashem now, which we don't comprehend. He never changed. The world is here. It wasn't here before. The world had the Bria. There was a time there was no universe. Hashem never changed. That's incomprehensible to us. Whatever he was doing then, he's doing now. And he hasn't changed. All the change is in us. So those are difficult things to grasp. And that's why I really like to say he's just being Hashem. Right. Before he gave to this world, did he still want to be a giver 
decided to create this world and be a giver. So, so remember, there's no before. Right, yes. There is no such thing as before. He made the world when he made it. There was no such thing as before. So he created the world, and I, I want to just change that lush in a little bit, not because he wanted to be a giver. The Ramchal's language was, mituvo, to give good of his good, lizuloso, to another. Now, we know, based on our own premises, Hashem has no needs. He's not lacking anything. He doesn't have to fill up a void. So that act of creation was a complete and total act of giving, which is not doing anything for Hashem Himself. He's not more perfect now than He was before. It's just a complete and total act of giving. So somehow, whatever He was before, He is now. He didn't change. But He gave completely for us. That's how that came into being. And before this world, if we can say that, he was just as much as, as a native as he is now, because there was no time, there was no anything like that before. Thank you, I don't understand what yeah. you're just yeah. <laughs> It's a hard one. Please, yeah. Um, is it possible there were all kinds of other worlds before this one that we don't know about? When the Chachamim say that Hashem created and destroyed worlds before this world, I want to tell you what the Ramchal says that that means. It doesn't mean that there were different universes before our, our world. It means that that was part of the creation of this world. That on the way toward the creation of our Olam, Olam Hazeh, Hashem made a process of creation and destruction. So in that spiritual reality, which is on the way down to our physical world, which is part of the process of creation, Hashem created and destroyed, created and destroyed. And what that did, going back really to our first question here, is that that became part of the fabric of the universe, that there is such a thing called creation and destruction. Okay. So God put that into the way the world is and the way the world operates, he put that creation and destruction uh, paradigm and possibility in our world by creating and destroying on the way to this world. But we know that this is it, that it's all about this. It's all about this world. Yeah, this is the center of all things and human beings are the center of this world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Um, I, I believe he says that if I if I remember correctly in the I, I want to say in the Klach, he said a sefer called Klach Pischei Chachma. I think that's where I saw it. Not in English. Not in English. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't hold your breath. <laughs> uh, Mr. Schumann, please, yeah. So so when these those worlds that he created was like prior to this world, mm -hmm. were they similar to this world? Did they have living beings? No, there's spiritual, spiritual realities, spiritual realities, you know, um, worlds of perfection, so to speak, completion, and then destroying them. And there's, there are no people inhabiting those worlds. Those are like realms. A realm is a good way to say, they're realms. And those realms are created and destroyed, and that lingers, that lingers in, in the atmosphere of our world and creates that possibility in human life. Yeah. Yes, please, Regina. Yeah. I thought that um, I 
That's him. That's him. Ha Yehovah v'yihia. I mean, you know, like if he, Hashem is before and here in the future, how is he doing everything at the same time? Everything You're asking me? <laughs> 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 I, you know, he, God is different than us. So, lo mach So, even though Hashem is past, present, future, contains all things, yet in our created world, there's such a thing as present. And we do have dimensions of time. We do recognize a past and a future, a past which is gone and a future which is not yet here. But in Hashem's being, that's all the same. It's not in ours. We, can't, we also can't grasp that. That's beyond human comprehension. We can talk about it, but we can't really grasp it. But the name yud vav also connotes that. Ha-Yehovah which goes back to this idea of Hashem being the intrinsic, absolute existence, being in and of itself. Yeah, please, sir. So, is, is it fair to say Gan Eden was one of the realms that you were talking about that was destroyed? No. No, Gan Eden was this part of this reality. Gan Eden is already part of the creation of our world. So on the way toward this spiritual process, chaining down, we've discussed Hishtal Shalus, coming down, finally a world is made. In that world was Ganeden. That place was locked off once Adam and Hava left there. Please. The top of the Hishtal Shalus chain? In terms of Ganeden? It's t- toward the very bottom, because that, that Gan Eden was right, right over here where we are. It was above us, that, that realm Adam and Chava lived in, it's above us, but it's, it's right in this Olam Hazeh world. God put people there, Adam and Chava. And when people are put somewhere, as the Torah says, we're already in our, in our realm. That's right. It's a kodem hachet place. It's our world kodem hachet, before the sin of Adam and Chava. It's this world on a higher plane. Can you physically walk into Gan Eden? I don't know. Is it this one dimension above ours that Hashem locked it off with the sword turning about? Is it one dimension above ours so you really can't walk physically in, or is it actually somewhere here and you can? I don't know. My hunch is that it's one dimension above ours, and you can't just find it and walk right into it. I don't, I don't think so. Yes, please. Yes, we will. And when we, first of all, when we leave this world, we go up into Shemaim, and there are very many levels of Gan Eden. There's Gan Eden Hatachton, which means lower Gan Eden. There's Gan Eden Ho'elyon, which is higher Gan Eden. And then that higher Gan Eden, relative to the place above it, is a lower Gan Eden, which then a higher, it's all level after level. So Gan Eden is where we get to it when we leave this world. That's part, that's part of Olam Haba. That's pretty much where we live in Olam Haba, is in Gan Eden. And we keep climbing up the ladder of Gan Eden in the world to come. In the time of Mashiach, 
um, I don't know how Gan Eden is in terms of this world. And when Mashiach comes, will, will, the, will there be some kind of accessibility to a Gan Eden-like place in our world? I don't know. I wonder about that. Because usually Gan Eden is spoken about as where we go to when we leave this world. Yes, please. We'll, we'll go down the road there. Go ahead, Debbie. Uh, okay. I was <laughs> just Sure. You know, Baruch Hashem, I haven't experienced it long in my house, and I'm happy to say that. But I know many women do. You know, the kids go to mm-hmm. the same. You know, forget it. I'm not. You know, what do you mm-hmm. want me? What does he need me for? And they have. So, what do you answer? So, th- to me, there's two parts to that. W- one part is that a deep, the deeper part of what that child or teenager or adult may be asking is, what's my purpose in the world? Why does God need me? What's my role here? Does my life have meaning? I think that's the deeper question. And so therefore what needs to be addressed there is that your life does have meaning. Let's try and explore and find out what it is. You know, what are your talents? What are your kochos? And your life has meaning. I think that's what's going on underneath that. If it's a more of an, just say, an intellectual, so to speak, question, then the answer is, yes, it's true that God doesn't need us. We're not making God better. He put us here for ourselves. He put us here to become something, to earn a relationship with Him, with our Kaddish Baruch So we're not improving on God, but we are improving on ourselves on a regular basis. So in those two directions, I think. That's Mrs. Rani, I found it. Um, so I'm confused all over again between <laughs> Olam Hanashamos right. and Ganeden okay. and Olam Okay. Good. So Olam Hanashamos, which we talked about, is when a person leaves this world and their, their body is in the grave, in the kever, their neshama goes to a place in Shamayim called Olam Hanashamos. And there the neshamos stay until Tchiyas HaMesim. Now, Olam HaNeshamos has many different chambers, you could say. So, for example, Gehenim is part of Olam HaNeshamos, in case a neshama needs to be cleansed. And there are also different levels of Gan Eden in Olam HaNeshamos, where they start to get a level of schar from what the person did here, and Devekus. So that's all prior to Tchiyas HaMesim. Now once you have Tchiyas HaMesim and the Guf and the Neshama are rejoined and they're catapulted into a much higher realm of being, at that point, I don't know if we refer to that as Gan anymore or is that just something even beyond Gan In terms of terminology, that's the state of eternal closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Is it called Gan I'm not sure. But in terms of when we leave this world and we're in the Olam HaNeshamos, there are levels of Ganeidim there. So when we discuss Olam Haba... That's Chiyas HaMesim. Yeah, oh, in, by, by, by definition, Olam Haba is Chiyas HaMesim. Even though colloquially speaking, when we say a person leaves this world, they go to Olam Haba, and you can say that, that's how people talk, but that really means Olam HaNeshamos. 
The real Olam Haba is Tchiyas HaMesim. No, in a different reality. The whole reality has changed. Everything has changed. Mm-hmm. Please, Ellen. So I, I have two. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is just what you said before. I wasn't aware of the, that book that you mentioned. Are there a lot of books by the Ramchal besides the ones that we all know of? Most. <laughs> most of what he wrote, literally, is not known by most people. Oh, no. I couldn't even... I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, under, I couldn't understand it. Most of what the Ramchal wrote is, is um, you know, Kabbalistic writings that are almost impossible to... But they are available. Yeah. They're, They're available, but, you know, it's, it, a translation ain't going to help. It's <laughs> 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 just talking, it's talking a different language. Now, he wrote a lot of other sforum, you know, that are accessible, but are not as well known, but they've been printed in the past 20 years. They're green volumes of the Ramchal sforum. And a lot of them have been produced fairly recently. And, and many of those are, are learnable. But once he gets into his realm of Sifrei Kabbalah, using that nomenclature and terminology, then it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. The Ramchal was extremely prolific. And we don't even have a lot of what he wrote. He wrote pro- thousands and thousands of pages. Yeah. The what? An ox? No, no. No, no, that's the sword that goes round about, that the Torah mentions when Hashem um, ejected Adam and Chava from Gan Eden, there's a cherev, lahat ha cherev ha a turning sword at the entrance to Gan Eden. Right. Okay, right. Like <laughs> yeah. okay, so it's it's not okay. Right. Okay. Right. Um, there's a book that you might like. It's translated into English. It's called Das Tavunos, the Knowing Heart. Yeah, I read that. Okay. I read that. <laughs> but I hadn't read that. That's okay. Um, whoa. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Yes, please, Gail. Just to so clarify, we we tend to say Olam It's not really the correct term, even though we call Olam Haba the place where a person's neshama goes after someone dies. That it really is Olam HaNeshamas that they're going to. But it's okay. People call it Olam Haba. That's the common okay. language. Same. Olam HaNeshamas? Same. When we say someone goes to Shemayim, we're talking about going to Olam HaNeshamas. Okay. That's what we mean. <laughs> sure. Sandy, yes, please. Yes. But Hashem gave us the drive to learn how to understand, and yet we're finite. We can't grasp the infinite. But He gave us the drive to, to try. Right. And, and I guess that's our struggle. Yes. I mean, the Rambam says in one of his writings that the ultimate of knowledge is to know that we don't know. <laughs> so there's something about not knowing, too. And to. We, no matter how high we grow, and hopefully we're growing in our knowledge, that realm of the unknowable is always there, always be there. And some of that is what keeps us, you know, going, because we want to know, we want to know. But part of knowledge is knowing that we don't know. That is knowledge in and of itself. And that's also part of the inspiration toward growth. Yeah. Yes, please, Dory. 
Yeah, in Olam HaNeshamos, there is some schar uh, for the mitzvahs that we did here for the neshama, but the neshama is there without the goof. The goof is in the kever. So that's not really the final place. Hashem made a person to be neshama and goof together. So that's considered incomplete. The schar that the neshama is getting there in Olam HaNeshamos is an incomplete schar. When it, when it comes back together with the goof and now you have a, a whole human being, that schar is complete and that's the one that is, is nitzchiyas. And another way to look at it, which I, I think is very beautiful, is that when the neshama gets schar by itself, it's not sharing. It's taking the schar but, which it earned, but it's not sharing it. So that's not complete. The real experience of schar is when a person has something and shares it. So goof and neshama together are sharing their schar. They both earned it and they both share it together. That's really the ultimate experience. Otherwise, if we're lacking that, it's, you know, just not... I don't want to call it self-centered because the neshama is not self-centered, but it's just itself at that point. Right. No. We, we, the goof is part of who we are. And it will be transported, or tra- I should say, transformed into a different kind of goof at the time of Tchias HaMesim. But it's still related to our goof. It's still us in a higher, a higher form. Yeah, please. Um, that, the bracha is Shalosani Goy, not Goya, Shalosani Goy, just one word for that, even though Goya is feminine. But the, the bracha, the, the language of the Chazal is Shalosani Goy. And what happens to the soul of a non-Jewish person is if they are one of the Hasidei Umos HaOlam, if they're a righteous Gentile, they have a portion in Olam Haba. They have Nitzchias, they have an eternal life. And if they do not become a righteous Gentile, then they do not have a portion in Olam Haba, and there's no Nitzchiyas there, there's no eternal life there. But they can earn it by becoming a righteous Gentile. That's very unique to, to Yiddishkeit. Now, for those who have looked into other religions, in general, in, in most other religions, there is a place for that religion only in the world to come. And Judaism is very unique in that there are Jews who have a relationship with Hashem through Torah and mitzvahs, and there are non-Jews who have a relationship with Hashem through Shavu and mitzvahs B'nai Noah, and you can earn a portion in Olam Haba as a Gentile. And we really have to appreciate what that, what that means, because if you look around at what's happening in the world today, and the people who are killing other people who are infidels, there's no room for anybody else who's not a member of your religion, or even the same, you know, Swath of your religion. Would that include also B'nai Noach? B'nai Noach, sure. B'nai Noach is uh, a general terminology for, for Gentiles. Yeah. That's, what the, that's what they're striving to do, the Noahites. Yes, please, Mrs. Nagin. Just interesting. Yeah. Right. Well, the, you have to wait till you get to eternity. Right. right. We don't have to wait in eternity. It's this world. 
which is terrifying, like the blink of an eye. Even it seems like it's taking a little longer than that. And then there's Olam HaNeshamos and Mashiach, and then... All, all this time. All this time. Right. Right. Uh, right. That's right. There's, right. They're, right. No, they're not looking at the clock. Right. We, we are. We are. But there's no time there. That, that's true. But there's, pro, there's process there. Because neshamas do grow, they, they get higher based on the mitzvahs they did here. There is process. But it's true. We can't call it time. So until Tchiyas HaMesim comes, then everybody is waiting for that moment to come. Relative to eternity, <clears throat> this is a very brief period of time, the, the 6,000 years of creation, right? Yeah. Uh, Gail, please, yes. Oh, I'm sorry, I just skipped over Mrs. Excuse me, Mrs. Newman, you had a hand up. I'm sorry, go ahead, please. Um, I have two questions. I yeah. was wondering, yeah. when we say to someone, when, you know, someone's happy, they're sort of happy, and then we say to someone, when 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 we say to and there are certain times when the shamas have a greater aliyah. So, for example, on somebody's yard site. When a yard site comes, the neshama in shamayim goes up. That's part of what happens on that day. That's one of the reasons Kaddish is said on that day. That's also why some people make a lachayim on that day, other people fast, whatever the hanhoga is, because the neshama on that day is going higher in the olam ha-neshamas. That's by virtue of that time of the year comes when it left this world, and it continues that pathward upward each yard site. In addition to that, a neshama can have an aliyah in the next world based on, for example, the influence that it, ha- it had on people in this world. So if, if we do a tova based on what we learned from somebody, and that person has passed away, their going higher every time we do a tova because they're partially responsible for it. And in that respect, the shamas are going up all the time. But the yard side is very specific. But that's like, so why do you say we're doing this in, in memory mm-hmm. of this? We're hoping that their that's right. shama would go to a different sphere, right. a higher sphere. A higher place, right. Mm-hmm. Gail, you have a comment? I was going to ask about that. Okay. What happened here? Done. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the yard site itself as an elevating mm-hmm. um, And w- what if, what's the difference? Um, people who are, their yard site is no longer being observed by people in this world. Or a few generations pass, right? Yeah. So it's, it's done. Kaddish doesn't need to be said anymore. It's, it's done. So when, when they rise um, up there in Olam, in Olam HaNeshamos, it, it's just happening. It's no longer connected to someone saying Kaddish or making a Lachaim. The generations come and go. So, you know, as we see, we're not saying Kaddish for people who lived 200 years ago. That, that has its, its time. So, because I've been wondering about different people that I know their yard sites, should I be, you know, like a great great grandma? What would be the impact of my lighting a yard site? You could light a yard side candle. What is the impact? That that has some kind of Elias Nishama uh, component to it. That uh, that um, near Nishama, the yard side candle. You could. 
You don't have to uh, light for a great-grandparent. You don't have to, but there's nothing wrong with it. I probably wouldn't take it beyond that. Just the two, two doros about is probably about the maximum, yeah. Reverend, did you have a hand up before? No? Yeah. Please, Mrs. Pollock, yeah. Um, you had mentioned Kriyatamitim, uh, yeah. that the main thing is when the, when the shaman is walking the night. Right. Um, so, like, you imagine the people who end up there and they're buried and they're, you know, it's a different kind of book. Right? Yes. But mm-hmm. it's somewhat similar to what's in the, you know, buried. What about the people in the crematorium? Like, the same, you know, people who are cremated. You know, like, what, right. what happens? Right. So, yeah, sure. sure. In terms of, uh, let's put it into two categories. Cremation, right, chas v'shalom, which is not the Jewish way of burial. So that's very harmful for the process that the goof has to go through. Right, so that's the other. The person is killed, al-Kiddush Hashem, like in the, in the Holocaust, those people that were burned. That does not in any way you know, harm their process, that becomes part of Misa al-Kiddush Hashem, and there's nothing greater than that. So Hashem will rebuild their bodies. You know, he's, he's not limited. He's not limited. So we're, we're not concerned about that, their Tchiyas HaMesim, if, if their process was a, a Misa al-Kiddush Hashem. That has an, a special, elevated nature to it. Hashem will come in and take care of it even though they were never zochet to kavura, as we know it, but Misal Kiddush Hashem has its own, its own standards, which are very, very lofty ones. Okay, yes, on Elka, then Ms. Frenna will stop you, please. Please. It's what? It's a created world. Sure. Created by Hashem. Created by Hashem. Time is only part of Olam Hazeh. It's part of Teva. Time and Teva are, are related. And there's no, there's no natural, this-worldly Teva in those realms. They have their own principles and their own, so to speak, Teva. But it's not an Olam Hazeh Teva. Because there's a correlation. When it becomes the day of the Yord site here in our world, and today, Chaf Hei Shabbat, when it becomes that day, there's a correlation between our world and Shemaim. It's Chaf Hei Shabbat up there too, in its own way. It's not time in our way, but there's a correlation between our world and those worlds. Is that process? It's, I, I think that's called process up there in those Olam, Olam Lusia. I can take one more, please, Mrs. Fran. Yeah, but actually. Sure. No, I, I was saying that at a certain point as the generations pass, mm-hmm. so Kaddish is not being said for those people anymore. Right. And that's okay. Like that time has has ended. Is, is, does that mean that their neshamas are so far up that at that point it doesn't matter anymore? I don't know. Or does it simply mean it's not necessary? 
anymore. I don't know. Right, right. There's still something. There's always something. There's some kind of hashroas hanefesh. It's called a lingering um, quality of the soul of that person who that resides at the kever always. So there's some connection. You mean in terms of a Gilgal? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a very good three words for me to end this class on. I don't know. Ashikov, <laughs> very nice discussion. And great to see you again uh, back in, the, in, lear- in our learning sessions. And we'll see you, Bezras Hashem, next week. Have a great week, everybody. You can keep the handout if you want. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.